Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. On October 19, 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis unfolds. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. John F. Kennedy's first reaction was intensely and explicitly personal. He can't do this to me, the president said as he was briefed in bed about the deployment of Soviet nuclear missiles in Cuba, a deployment that put these weapons of mass destruction less than 15 minutes away from Washington. It was the morning of Tuesday, October 16, 1962, the beginning of the two most dangerous weeks in human history. President Kennedy called his attorney general, Robert Kennedy, with the news. Oh, shit, 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 RFK said. Those sons of bitches Russians. As Mrs. Kennedy described it to Arthur Schlesinger Jr. after Kennedy's assassination, it was just Cuba, Cuba all the time in one way or another. The 13-day crisis itself in October was a blur of late hours and perpetual meetings. There was, Mrs. Kennedy said, no day or night. The context of the crisis is, as always, critical. In the heart of Europe, Berlin was in play, its fate essential and unknowable. The United States had deployed Jupiter missiles to Turkey, seemingly shifting the balance of strategic power to American advantage. Nikita Khrushchev, the Soviet leader, wanted to redress that balance and project Soviet power closer to American shores. Cuba was the perfect choice. And John Kennedy, in issuing an ultimatum in September, saying that the United States could not tolerate such missiles in Cuba, JFK was under attack for appearing weak on foreign policy, was now in a bind. The options? Immediate airstrikes to try to take out the weapons, but no one knew how many of them the U.S. could actually hit or whether the Soviets would immediately strike back. There could be an invasion. There could be a naval blockade and there could be diplomacy. No option was perfect. All risk escalation, either purposely or by miscalculation. The whole crisis was the result of a miscalculation. Moscow had wanted to install the weapons as a largely symbolic show of influence, not so much as a provocative military maneuver. Khrushchev routinely inflated Soviet strength on the grounds that America recognizes only strength. Once, after he said that the Soviets were churning out intercontinental rockets like sausages, he was challenged by his son, who knew that the claim was untrue. The important thing is to make the Americans believe that, Khrushchev replied. That way, we prevent an attack. The missiles in Cuba, in other words, were designed to serve more of a political than a military purpose. We didn't want to unleash a war, Khrushchev said. We just wanted to frighten them, to restrain the U.S. in regard to Cuba. 
but American U-2 planes had detected the operation in its early stages, thus transforming political showmanship into nuclear brinksmanship. At first, the main options were air attack, invasion, or blockade. On this date, Friday, October 19th, President Kennedy met with the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Musing about the complexities of the Cold War, the President said that an attack on Cuba might lead to a Soviet attack on Berlin. Which leaves me with only one alternative, which is to fire nuclear weapons, which is a hell of an alternative, the President said. General Curtis LeMay dismissed Kennedy's concerns. Without an attack on Cuba, not a blockade, but a real attack, the Soviets would see America as fatally weak. It will lead right into war, LeMay said. This is almost as bad as the appeasement at Munich. President Kennedy was horrified. When LeMay said that the president was in quite a fix, Kennedy asked him to repeat himself. What did you say? You're in a pretty bad fix, LeMay said. Well, you're in there with me, Kennedy replied, personally. Afterward, to an aide, the president observed, These brass hats have one great advantage in their favor. If we listen to them and do what they want us to do, none of us will be alive later to tell them that they were wrong. In 2022, at a time when there is loose talk from Moscow about the use of nuclear weapons, it's well to recall the stakes of such hours and to insist on careful diplomacy and on wisdom at the highest levels. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge, Margot Gray, and Chris Basil. Production assistance by Andy Jaskowitz and Adam Macias. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.